Hallelujah. Well, have you ever thought, why am I here? What was I made to do? Now, as a young boy, I thought I was made to be like in the NFL. And that didn't happen. And as I grew, I got to thinking about what am I really here for? And oftentimes I'd think about that when I hit a low spot. Like, you know, you hit a low spot and you think, man, I really messed that up. What, what am I supposed to do? Why am I here? What's going on? And I will tell you that God has laid this out in Scripture really, really clear. I mean, uh, Frank's lesson this morning leads right up to where you'll be able to understand and hopefully apply what God has for you to do in your life. Like, why are you here? A couple of simple questions, and what should I do? And it starts off in Ephesians 2.10. That's our scripture for this morning from the New Testament. And I'm going to give you three different versions of this scripture. Because I want you to see how it pans out in different translations. The words are the same. The translators just translated them a little differently. And here's the first one out of the NIV. Ephesians 2.10. For we're God's handiwork. We're his handiwork. And we're created in Christ to do good works. But that's not all. And God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, God has a good work that he's prepared in advance for you to do. Listen how the uh, New King James says it. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this stresses the fact that it's not a good work. Because you do it once and you're done with it. This particular uh, translation says that you should walk in them. Like you should keep doing good works. You shouldn't stop. It's not a one-time thing. I've got it done. I've checked it off. Guys like to check things off. I've checked it off. It's done. I can forget about it. No. You're his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand. I want you to know he's got something for you to do. If you want to know what am I here for, what am I supposed to do, God prepared a work for you in advance. And he hopes that you would walk in it. Keep walking and keep going and not stopping. Just like Frank said this morning, that it's something that you do. The more and more that you give, the more and more that you live, the more and more that you give, the more and more that you live. But this New Living Translation is my favorite uh, interpretation of this one verse. For we are God's masterpiece. Man. There's people that live their whole life and never been told that they're nice or pretty. Never been told that they're good. Never told that they met the standard. Or you might have met the standard. I want you to know that you are God's masterpiece. And he created us new in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. I, I want you to know that 
a masterpiece, workmanship, handiwork. That's what you are. And it's a work made by God. Think of a masterpiece. I, I think of Michelangelo and I think of the, the statue David. It took three years to do that. And I think of the painting of the Sistine Chapel. It took four years to do that. A masterpiece is made by a master. You, you don't make a masterpiece. Nobody's rushing to read any of my poems or look at any of my art because I don't do any. But if I did, they wouldn't be rushing to get it. You are a masterpiece. Every single one of you are a masterpiece. Made by a master. Created by a master. You're not mass produced. You're not stamped out. You are so individual and so meaningful to God. I, I want you to think about how he made you. Just look at Genesis 2 for just a second. And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Let's fast forward to some science, because science and the Bible don't really conflict. Listen. You're a masterpiece created to do good works that he set up for you long ago. Our bodies, depending on where you research this, our bodies have about 37 trillion cells. That's 37 with 12 zeros on the end. That's how many cells that are in our body. Much research says there's many, many more than that. And 23 chromosomes from each parent come together for 46 chromosomes. And each chromosome is made up of a strand of DNA. It's this twisted helix strand. And these strands have 50 million nucleotide pairs in one strand. And each nucleotide is made up of atoms. You are made down to the nth detail. You're not a counterfeit. When there's a masterpiece that is there, it's, it's searched to see if it's a counterfeit, a bill. You can tell by the feel and by the look. You're not a counterfeit. You're the real deal. You're the real masterpiece. And you were made by the master to do good works. I want to make this just as plain and simple as I possibly can for you. I don't want you to go out of here confused thinking, what should I do? I'll give you a couple of examples of good works. I'll start with Esther. Esther is a woman in the Bible, and uh, there was this Persian king in the book of Esther. His name was Xerxes, and he had this wife, the queen, who was Vashti, and Esther was an orphan. She was being taken care of by her nephew, Mordecai. And they were in this Persian kingdom because Persia took over everything. They were captured. And the king had this seven-day drunken festival where he and all his buddies were there having food and drink for seven days. And at the end of the seven days, here's what happened. The king decided he wanted his 
wife, the queen, to come out. It says to wear her crown. Some of the commentators talk about they wanted her to wear just her crown. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. After a seven-day drunken party, she'd heard it all night and all day. She wasn't about to go out there. And so she didn't. She refused. And so the king and all his buddies thought how disrespectful that was. So they kicked her out, and they wrote a decree that women can't do this. Sound familiar? And so the king looked for another queen, a new wife. And Esther was considered, and she was selected. But as many plots go, there's always a bad guy in the wings. And this bad guy's name was Haman. And Haman knew that Esther and Mordecai were Jewish. And that Mordecai would not bow down to Haman. Haman said, bow down to me. And Mordecai said, I'm not bowing down to you. I bow down to one thing, and that's the Lord God Almighty. He put some works in his faith. And so there's this decree that was put out that Haman sold to the king, said all the Jews should be killed. And Mordecai went to Esther. And he said this to her. It's recorded in Esther 4, 13. It says this. Do not think because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance of the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You see, Mordecai wanted her to go to the king. You can't just go to the king, even if you're married to him. She risked her life to go to the king and ask that this decree be removed. And he did. And the bad guy Haman, it's a beautiful story, it's a short read. The bad guy Haman was killed. Esther did a good work. She did a good work that saved the Jewish people that were in captivity in Persia. You see, God had this work assigned to her a long time ago, before she was born. He had this work for her. What work does he have for you? One other short example. What must I do? This is uh, in Luke 10. And there was this expert in the law in Luke 10. He came to Jesus and as Jesus was teaching, sitting down in the temple, and everyone else was sitting down, he stood up. And he asked Jesus this question. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? This guy was a legal expert. He probably had memorized the first five books of the Bible. And he answered. And he said, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, soul, might, to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, I've done that. He says, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus gave this story. It's called the story of the Good Samaritan, 
on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. This guy got beaten up, robbed, stripped of his clothes and thrown in a ditch. And a priest went by, looked at him, kept going, didn't want to touch him. He's unclean. Lawyer came by, took a look at him, walked on by, didn't do anything. And then this Samaritan who was an enemy of the Jews, who the Jews looked down on, he picked him up, took him into town, cleaned him up, paid for his medical, gave him food, and even told the innkeeper, I'll be back through, and if you need anything else, just let me know. I'll handle it. And so, Jesus asked the, the man, the Levite, the legal expert, which one was his neighbor? The man re replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, then go and do likewise. You see the man on the road between Jericho and Jerusalem? He just needed a hand up. You just needed a little help. Have you ever been in the ditch? Have you ever been where people would look at you in the ditch and not do anything for you? Have you ever felt like nobody wanted to help you with anything? And have you ever thought, it's all my fault? Well, I'll tell you this. This man that was walking along the road, the Samaritan, he was a masterpiece created by God to do good works. How do we not know? This man is in Holy Scripture. We don't know his name. We don't know his lineage or his family. We know he's a Samaritan. I suspect that's not the only good work that he did. I suspect that good works were in his heart. What do we do? Colossians 3 says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. You see, the Lord has got something for us. He's got a job for his masterpieces to do. You may not know it, but you're a masterpiece. You may not know it, but God's got a job for you to do. And you, the bottom line is you were made to do good works, which are God's works. Listen to this in James 2. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but not have works? Can faith save him? No. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but they do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself. It does not have works. It's dead. And so when you think about what we have to do, what God has done for us, what works we have, what am I supposed to do, you can narrow it down. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Look in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 6. They're different kind of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 
They're a different kind of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, is the same God at work. And Romans goes on to, to say in Romans 12, Frank stopped it. Three. Romans 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace to each of us. It was like the measure he talked about. You've got a measure of faith. It may be a measuring cup or it may be the measure is Jesus Christ. There are different kind of gifts, but the same uh, spirit distributes them. I'm sorry, Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, just show it cheerfully. You see, the main point is my works aren't your works. And your works aren't my works. You're going to be able to go places that I'll never go. You'll be able to see people that I'll never see. You'll be able to be in contact with people that I'll never be able to contact. You'll have a sphere of influence with some people that I'll never have. What is your sphere? Who are your people? Who is it you come in contact with that no one else can? Young man we know uh, lived in Daytona on a side street. Young African-American fella. He sat out front reading his Bible every day. Preached the gospel to those that would come by one at a time and sit with him and have a cold drink of water and just talk. I, I guarantee you. He's led more people to Christ right there one by one by one. Yeah. My works aren't your works and your works aren't mine. So wherever you are, whoever you come in contact with, whatever influence you have on people, if it's showing mercy, just show mercy. You see, you are a masterpiece created for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Once you check off a good work, don't stop. Keep checking. Keep moving. Because I promise you that the stuff that God has for you to do, the good works that God has for you to do, he's got one more and one more and one more. James says it like this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So God's had a good work that he's planned for you long ago. Do you know what it is? If you do, walk in it. If you don't, keep your eyes wide open. I want you to think of yourself this week as a masterpiece. This week, the to-do is when you see yourself, everybody looks in the mirror in the morning. If you don't, give it a try. And when you see yourself in the mirror, what you may see is regret or guilt or fear. You may see 
unfulfilled. I know I've looked in the mirror and thought, man, how did I get here? This morning it was talked about. You've got to renew your mind. Take that peace. And when you look in the mirror, or you're driving down the road, God, I am your masterpiece. What do you want me to do? God, I'm your masterpiece. What do you want me to do? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. Dear Lord, we thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ, who set the standard. Father, we thank you that you made us a masterpiece. Father, and we know that you have a good work that you have put in place long ago for us to do. Father, I ask that through your spirit, you would reveal what it is that each of us has to do to glorify you. What each of us has to do to do the good work that you've set aside for us. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The service uh, is over. Now, we're going to have some folks that are come up and pray if you have a, a need for prayer. But if you don't have a need for prayer, you're free to go. God bless you all. Have a great, great week. Amen. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.